This episode of Taking It to the House was brought to you by EBH Fitness Studios. It's a way of life. I'm Dr. C. Victor Herbert III, and I'm taking it to the house. And I'm Dr. Timothy Hoover, and I'm taking it to the house. I'm Dr. Jania Hoover, and y'all, we're going to jump right in. There is so much to talk about. And first, we have to go to these injuries. I mean, Mm. I saw a tweet today. I believe it was from Jamel Hill, and she said something along the lines of, the um, the team that wins the championship this year will be the one that has the least injuries. My question Agreed. is, when is that not the case? I agree with Jamel Hill. However, the difference this year is that the NBA has the atypical offseason. We're talking about 71 games from when they ended last season in October to start again in December. There was a lot of discussion and a lot of concern, i.e. LeBron James stating this is not going to be enough time for us to take off. Let's start in January. So we now find ourselves in a situation toward the end of the playoffs. Even though it's a shortened season by 10 games, the amount of games they play in the course of a week has been is, is atypical as well. So it definitely seems that more people are getting injured. And we're talking about some of our all-star players, future Hall of Famers. So when you see that happening, you start you know, thinking, well, maybe there should be an asterisk on this season just as much as people want to give an asterisk last year. That's my thought about it. What do you think? What do you say? I agree with you. It's not a profound statement, what she's saying. Injuries will always be a part of it, but it just seems like it's an atypical year because there's so many injuries. You, hit, Vic, you mentioned the All-Stars, the number of players that are injured and how many are injured. My concern is long-term effects of these injuries. We got a Joel Embiid with a meniscus tear. We're talking about the cushion, the protection that of the bone. And so long-term, there is going to be an osteopathic problem with that knee. Okay, we're talking about degenerative joint disease. We're talking about possible arthritis. So is he a warrior? I hope he knows what he's doing because, yes, he's playing warrior-like, but long-term, it can be a problem. Donovan Mitchell. Love what, what I'm seeing out there. Bad ankle and all, and what you're trying to lead from the front for your team. I see surgery in the offseason if you keep this up. Yeah, you can't fly as high. You can't have as you don't have as much power when you do jump. And you're still out there and you're laboring. You're still putting up 30 plus points, but there's going to be a long-term problem in those two in particular. James Harden, heck, he's got a hamstring. And and, and if he if he just stretches wrong, if he steps wrong, he's gonna have potential be off-season problems as well. So these injuries are to these all-stars, to these superstars, to these megastars. We talk, you talk about competitive disadvantage. I'm talking about just, you got to play. Everybody's, the next man's got to step up. You just got to play what's in front of you and who's in front of you. And so no asterisks for me because it's affecting everybody. So what is it? Call it an equal playing field. I just think as a consumer, it's just bad business. You know, it's just not good quality. Although I love basketball. So we're here anyways. The other thing to consider is COVID. It's COVID and now CP3 with COVID. Uh, and so he's going to be going into COVID protocol. So is that an injury? Well, it's injury-like because he's going to be out maybe 14 days. And so at this particular stage, it's a problem because his team is playing the best ball out of all of them. So 
uh, what Jamil was talking about, yes, she's making a statement. It's, it's not so profound, but it's just like right now, these injuries and to these players, it's huge. It's big. I, I wanted to know what you thought, Jania. Man, um, it's interesting to me. I, I value both of those points, um, but I feel like we have this conversation every year. There was one of the Warriors um, championships, which people said was tainted because he never had to face a number one point guard. So um, yes, it is a factor. Yes, I would agree that it's more of a factor this year, but whoever is there is who plays. And that being said, how do you feel about where we are heading into these conference championships? What do you think, Unc? Well, let's give congratulations to the Suns who dispatched the Denver Nuggets in four. Playing again, to me, they're playing the best ball, led by uh, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. We have mentioned it before. Monty Williams as a coach. We are looking at, uh, is it a surprise? I think we're looking at a, a team that was built by sound management from within, by what free agent pickups, what Jay Crowder, and you got CP3, he really just came in as a, as a free agent. They weren't expected to do much. The bubble, they did a lot. And look at them now on the cusp of being into the NBA championship. So look at the sides. I'm excited. They're waiting on the winner from the Jazz and the Clippers. And the Jazz and the Clippers both limping. We heard today Kawhi Leonard with a possible ACL tear. And who knows how bad his his knee is because he's so quiet. He doesn't want to tell, have anybody know the severity of the damage in his knee. And he's already had a problem. And so on the low low, um, PT-13 is going to have to really step up. He's going to have to do a KD-like performance tonight uh, to, to or, or in the, this series to allow the Clippers to advance. So Vic, so much to, to, to there's so much meat on that bone. I'll say you, sir. What you got? Ready to eat it up? I tell you <laughs> one thing: the Suns, the Suns, the Suns. Um, they're legitimate number two seed. And our big pick, obviously, I said I was not going to talk about the Lakers last time, but they beat who they're supposed to beat. The Suns dispatched the Lakers because the Suns are a good team. And and I apologize to the Suns. I would like to see what a healthy Laker team would have done. However, you play who's on the court. And the Suns dismantled the Lakers because we thought from Lakerland, oh, we need to get the second round. We looked over the Suns and said, we'll take care of Denver. And the Suns showed us exactly what we thought Denver was. Y'all, I could say Denny Green today because we all know about it. They are who we thought they were. To win a sweep, you talk about the team that had the MVP. Where was his MVP? He came on his own and handled his business with a Serbian brothers ready to do a mom on somebody. But that just shows right there. <laughs> Kudos to the Suns management. You all know I'm a leadership expert. I love leadership. And to see how the Suns from a year ago were virtually not even spoke of in the Western Conference, how they managed to put the right piece together. CP3 has been on a journey since he left the Charlotte Hornets. Then he goes to what the New Orleans Pelicans. He, he, he surfaced around the world and I, 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 he has been around. And now here he is. He is now the seasoned vet getting the respect he deserves. And he led this team injuries at all. 
And this the way they put those pieces together and they dispatched. You said it right. Um, they dispatched the Denver Nuggets. Like that, if you watch the Suns, if you watch the Suns, yeah. they look like a championship team. Their speed, their tenacity, they're hungry. They're going to put their foot on your neck and choke you out. They're not going to give you an ounce. There's teams that you see in the right now that they want to play around with people, i.e. the Bucks. We haven't got there yet. The Bucks. Even the Nets sometimes are playing around with people. The Suns said, I am not here for the semifinals game. Heck, I'm not even here for the Western Conference final game. I'm here for the championship game to take your heart. And to watch them mature through these playoffs has been awesome to watch. So I, I, I you could probably run a tape. I probably change my pick every week. The Suns right now are my favorite to win the championship. And kudos to CP3. And if we do want to look at, you know, so so from that part, uh, just sticking to the Western Conference, I'm, I'm impressed there. And it is unfortunate to see what's happening with the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard, as a champion, as a hopefully future Hall of Famer. But it goes back to our original point by injuries. I mean, here go the Clippers. Are they snake bitten or what? So half of me from the L.A. side is like, hey, get what they deserve. It's the Clippers. They junior, they did JV. The other side is like, wow. Here they are. They have a chance. The Lakers have been dismissed. And here you have a chance. You should be the forerunner to make it to the Western Conference Finals. And what happens? Injuries. I will, again, blame those injuries to the, the tempo of the, of the season and short off season. But it is unfortunate. We hear ACL. I mean, your heart goes out. That's an injury that he may not come back until the end of next year, even a year after that. And as you continue age in the NBA, uh, you're never going to come back the same. And, you know, the difference between a, a LeBron and a Grant Hill is having a healthy career. And so I hope Kawhi uh, recovers quickly. But this from that part of the playoffs on Western Conference, it's exciting to see. C, uh, CP3 has a chance to recover from this COVID protocol. Timely is enough. I mean, well, when, if there's a time to catch, uh, be caught in the protocol, this is the time to catch it. And so he should, I, I would expect him to be recovered to participate in the Western Conference Finals. Well, that's just the Western Conference. Uh. I got a question for both of you. Okay, so this thing with Kawhi, it's a serious injury. Obviously, he won't be able to play, and he's out indefinitely. Does this give the Clippers an out, or are we still thinking with the early exit, do they explode? Do, do you implode, explode? Do you blow that whole thing up? Do they have an out now with the injury, or do we still expect – are expectations still high for them or not? What do you guys say? What's your take on them with the early exit as expected now with the injury? This definitely gives them an out. Um, because without Kawhi, like we all know that Paul George is just not that dude He's never been that dude. He's no. not going to turn into that dude this series. Right. So I think this puts a pause on the blow up. Just, you know. Okay. Okay. I agree. I agree with Jania. They they get the pseudo out. But what that means is they will never get this chance again. If the, if the Suns are starting to become the team of the West, Golden State next year is going to be dangerous because they get Clay Thompson back. And guess what? The Lakers are going to be dangerous too. The Clippers, they just lost their okay. window. Because you're looking at a Kawhi Leonard that's going to be out for all the next season. We're talking about 2023. 
the whole NBA landscape is going to change. And I totally agree with Jania. Paul George has been that guy since he's in Indiana. And if he was really that guy, he would have stayed in Indiana. So that window shut. They do get the out to force it for Ty Lue. But, uh, I, yeah, they, they get that out. But it's, it's it. It's it. They're not going to get that chance again. Okay. That's fair. Thank you. So, Victor, you mentioned the Nets and the Bucks, and I just have to ask. Oh my goodness! I know. My goodness! If we go back, if we go back before, we've had our 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 say about Giannis, and I will just say that I still feel that he's not that dude, and that was further reinforced with Game. What was that? Game four, the one that they just played. Where if he had a chance, if thank you, if he truly was the man, then he would have they would have maintained that hold. They would he would have done what Katie did, in my opinion. He had an opportunity to find it would have been KD Giannis. Who is it going to come down to? And instead of rising up, in my opinion, he shrank. Totally agree. I mean, we talked about it. Fans of the show, go back to the December episode. We called him out. Thank goodness you was able to yeah. sign that big contract, Giannis. I'm glad you signed that contract. Read what we – listen to what we said. But with that big money, because big expectations, and you've not shown up in the playoffs, and you, my friend, may just cost your coach his job. How in the world do y'all have a large lead against the perennial favorite of the Eastern Conference and even the, the championship favorite? And then you choke it away on the road. Mm -hmm. That is his time. That is a career-defining game. KD is a champion. Not once. <laughs> That's why that dude's a champion. And he's at home. And guess what, Giannis? They were a wounded team. You got a hobbling Harden out there. You don't have a Kyrie Irving. That game was set up for you to make a statement. And you did. You did make a statement. Your statement was, yeah. I'm not that dude. How can you come down to the to the to the final two or three minutes? And they're gonna put you to the line. And you missed two free throws. You can't be that big of a liability and still be the star. Where now they're drawing up plays for you, but now they almost got to draw plays for your number two and three guy because they know they can count for them to be on the line. Dude, you you cannot recover from that. You cannot recover from that. And so it'll be interesting. But we said in December, I'm glad you got paid, but that comes big expectations. Hopefully your coach can survive it. You'll still be there, but y'all window is shutting close too. What do you say about that, huh? Well, Giannis puts the call button, the nurse's station. They're not even answering because he went to bed again. But we'll get back to Giannis. I want to talk about KD and his superhuman performance last night. And he was talked about. He, he was dragged through the mud, through the newspapers, through the media, whatever platforms there are out there. He can't do it. He's not LeBron James. No, he showed everybody he's as good as is not better than LeBron. He did that with uh, one-legged Harden, okay? And he did that with also Rance. You and I could have came out there, Vic, and we, Jania, we all could have went out there and he would have carried us. He was that much of a performance. 
49 points. You saw the defense. You saw the rebounds. You saw every play. He seemed to be impacting that play, whether it's offense or defense. And he played the whole game. Did not sit out. Played the whole game. And he still didn't look tired. I'm not tired yet. No, he just kept coming and just kept coming. So we should have led with this. And it's unfortunate that you had that kind of game last night. And we're talking about injuries. We're talking about CP3. We're talking about Giannis. Failure. We're talking about the Bucks letting the get no KD. You did the damn thing. So I want to give you props. But back to Giannis. The only reason why your coach has a job today because you have another game to play. Otherwise, he should have been fired last night, regardless. And if you were my coach, I'm the owner. Call it governor, if you will. He's fired because he lost the the game last night. How does he squander away? That lead. How does he not double KD? Because there's no other threat really out there. I'm going to let Jeff Green score. KD's not going to get 49 points on me. Okay, I'm going to double. KD's going to have 100 assists, but KD's not scoring on me. So, Budenholzer, you allow Giannis to come down and uh, fall away, uh, uh, fade away, excuse me, in the paint against James Harden, who can't D anyway? And you let him play, he'd have been sitting down. Boot and you got a job today only because you got another game. You'd be fired today. So as much as K won the game, the Bucks lost the game. I'm frustrated because I actually picked the Bucks to win this game. I actually picked the Bucks to do an upset. Uh, they may not because Giannis is who he is. He thinks he's a point guard. He thinks he can do the Dirk Nowinski one-foot fadeaway. Budenholzer, during the season, they had him in the mid-post, and now they're going back to old habits. Giannis is on the ball, trying to create. He's not a point guard. Put his ass on the block or put him on the bench. I don't care. He'd be the richest bench warmer on the team in the league. I don't care. I'm, it's about a win right now. Heck, Ben Simmons, where was he at the end of the game the other night? On the bench. It's unfortunate, but he can't shoot free throws. Coach. Coach. Coach Bud. I put it on you. What are you going to do? I'm so frustrated. Jania, please take me off the mic. Somebody. Anybody. <laughs> no, I agree 100%. Um, Victor, I know that you're the leadership expert, but it definitely speaks to the importance of leadership and taking account of all the different pieces of the puzzle when you compare and contrast what's going on in Phoenix with what's going on in Milwaukee. And I know I made jokes about Giannis and let me step it, step it back just a tad. I don't think that Giannis is that dude. I also don't think most players are that guy. I don't think that he has to be that guy. I think the problem comes when there is this expectation and this belief that he is a player that he's not. Our producer, Steve, said that he's a really good Robin, and I agree. I think if he were to take the KD approach and take his talents elsewhere, he could easily get a couple of championships. I just don't think that he's capable of leading a team there on his own, and he's had multiple chances to convince me otherwise. Victor, what you got? 
Oh, I agree. I love that take, sis. I mean, they've taken the time this last offseason to give him his tools. They may recognize it three years ago. You know what? Giannis is a is an all-star player, future Hall of Famer. He has great potential. Let's surround him with the talent. And they did that. They built him a big three. You got Drew Holiday. You got Chris Middleton. Do the damn thing. And we talked about last year when they had their ex, their upset against Miami. Boonholz is only back here because they said, you know what? Maybe let's give them a, a pass. COVID. Uh, maybe because of the, the social unrest that's happening in Milwaukee. Whatever they did, they gave him a chance because we talked about it last year that this coach should be on the hot seat. We already seen him and got to that part of the show. How many coaches lost their job in one year? We talked about the expectations placed upon Brad Stevens with the Boston Celtics, who are known to be the greatest, one of the greatest franchises in the in the in the in the league. They gave him opportunities, but he's also led them to the conference finals. He's led them deep. Here goes Budenholzer with the expectation this year to win, and you piss it away. So I will not be surprised if he has a pink slip in his locker. The question is, are they going to make it six games or seven games? Because I'm interested in the psychological impact of that loss. You cannot come into the second half with such a large lead on the road and not think that that may have a little bit of self-doubt because there's a lot of there's a lot of sweat equity that went into that game. And to see KD, <laughs> as you stated, with a hobbled Harden, take your heart out your chest while it's still beating and say, now what you want to do with it? Now I'm coming to Milwaukee. I'm going to bust you in your mouth, and I'm going to take all your toys, and I'm going to go to the championship game against the Philadelphia 76ers. That's what he did. And I agree with you since he ain't that dude. So, but he signed this long-term contract. Give him two more years because he becomes that frustrated dude saying, I want out. But they did everything they could to surround him. And and and, and he peed it away. And so who is going to be the one that's going to uh, take over that the, the reins? And now they're going to have to go through a rebuilding process. So that's almost as bad as the Clippers situation. The only thing they need, only thing saving Milwaukee now or that can rescue Milwaukee is an unfortunate injury. Then maybe they get a pass. But you cannot excuse uh, uh, throwing that game away the other night. That's that. that dude. Who is that dude? That dude is a cerebral person. He's not just athletic. He's a cerebral person. He thinks the game. The game actually slows down because he can he can see where the passing lanes are. He can see where the angles are. He knows what the CP3s, you know, how to impact the game, whether it's a, a mid-range or shooting a three or getting it to the hot player. And Giannis is not that. He doesn't think the game. He's the Greek freak for his prowess as an athlete. You know, he's 6'11", and he can dribble the ball up, and he can dunk on everybody. Yet, he wants to shoot the three. He doesn't do the mid-range. He doesn't take advantage of his assets to on shorter players, like a Harden last night when he wants to shoot a fadeaway. Get in the post, and Dirk Nowitzki had the same problem. He didn't want to get in the post. Europeans don't want to get in the post. It's okay to get in the post for your team. Use those athletic skills that you do have, which is your height, your uh, maneuverability, if you will, your flexibility, and, and dominate. And right now, you're playing small. It's unfortunate. So to be that guy, we're thinking about the Michael Jordans, the Kobe's, the Magic Johnsons, that will, that, that drive, who think 
the game and impacted in many different ways. And so Giannis, maybe you're just a regular season guy and the postseason is just not for you. I don't know. Maybe you are a two. You're certainly not a one. And so I'm piling on only because that's what you demonstrated so far. I wish, I wish the best for you and your team. But right now, you're just not that guy. I know. And we're beating him down. And I, I got one more thing. I'm coming off the top rope. You look at someone who is that guy. <laughs> look at Jimmy Butler. Look at Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler last year in the finals with a rather tattered game, a, 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 mm. a team, you're losing so many of your top players. He's that guy. He's that guy. So, you know, what? I'm going to get at least one or two. Did a point took the Lakers to what, six games? He, that, that's that dude. You put a Jimmy Butler with the Giannis, that's a whole different game because you feel that energy. Oh. You see the CP3. You can just see oh. it. You can see who's that oh. guy. You Stop it. You and might be starting. We know the between the PG 13 and the Kawhi. Kawhi is that dude. PG 13 is not that guy. LeBron is that guy, not AD. We know who that guy is, and every right. team does not have that guy. And Giannis has proven right. he's not that guy. And so they, they're going to do some overhaul or bring him somebody or who asked for a trade in a couple of years, but uh, their window's closing. And so, I did pick them. But again, yeah. they, they still got a couple more games left, but they threw a game away last night. That, that's, that could be serious uh, ending uh, loss last night. And one team that did show up at that time and avoided going into a 3-1 hole was the Atlanta Hawks. If um, that team, for those that remember, I did point out that we needed to watch them. And it is uh, refreshing to me, um, not only because I used to live there and I still pull for them, um, it gives me something else to, to enjoy. And watching that team, watching their leadership under the, the new coach who came in in the middle of the season and watching them still commit and push, that is... Um, that cerebral type of player. That is that team that believes in each other and knows that they can do it. That is that, you know, hot young star in Trey Young. Because there's a big difference between a 3-1 series and a 2-2 series. What do you think about that one, Um? Well, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, going down 3-1, it's almost like a death sentence, you know, the green mile, if you will. Uh, but being 2-2 two -two restores your confidence, renews your energy, and it's now the best of three when you go get to 2-2. Two -two. And the, the, the Hawks are so young that they don't know where they're at, in my opinion. They don't know the magnitude of where they're at. Uh, and I'm watching the game right now. It's, it's serious business. Uh, they're playing in Philly, and they're not doing so well tonight. Um, and, and it just depends on what 76ers team shows up. Uh, if you saw the game the other night, they the 76ers squandered a big a big lead, uh, and they really didn't show up in the second half. Or looking at the Hawks' point of view, the Hawks caught fire, and they just wouldn't light up. So as long as the Hawks got that three point ability, and it seems like everybody can shoot the three except for Clint Capella, they will always be in the game. But they're going to, have to play some defense. They're going to have to shore up their defense to be consistently. Uh, uh, reliable or, or, or to advance further into the playoffs. Right now, the defense suffers. And really, too, the other thing is Joel Embiid. 
bad knee we talked about, meniscus tear. And it just depends on, on which Joel, how, uh, how's his movement that night? How is this? Because he, there's really nobody that can stop him. Capella can't stop him. So Joel, if he gets down on the post, he's just so big. He's almost got the Shaq-like, and I'm not calling him Shaq, but Shaq-like uh, 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 size against Capella to where he can just down and dunk on him. So I like the Hawks. I like how far they come, but I, uh, you mentioned it last week, and I concur. They're probably at the end of the road short of a miracle or something uh, badly happening. I, I wanted to know what you thought, Vic. I, I I am shocked by the Hawks. Um, I probably would classify them as the Western or Eastern Conference version of last year's Denver Nuggets, uh, Dallas Mavericks, mm. uh, you know, those kind of teams because they came out of nowhere. And I also got to give kudos to Sis for calling them, um, but also big kudos to, again, leadership. It, this is not an off-season uh, change of leadership. They made this change of the head right. coach I speak of through the season. So if anyone ever questions the value of great leadership, the value of great management, the understanding of how you put pieces together, how you exploit your strengths, how you minimize your weaknesses, how you put that together, give Nate McMillan his props. If people are not recognizing what he did, this is not his team that he started with. He is operating on someone else's vision. And in midstream, having to put together your vision, your, your your strategic plan, and how you're going to at least make it to the playoffs. Maybe he is just like, let's just get 500. I don't know what he told his team, but I can tell you, I'm pretty sure they exceeded expectations. And what better now to build off? You made it to the second round. You made it to the second round of playoffs. Now, the only thing that's stopping them from progressing, obviously, like you said, is experience and, and help. Um, they're, they're a little more healthier than the 76ers. Um, and speaking of 76ers, it's a shame to see Joel Embiid in this situation because, as we know, early in his years, early in his career, he has been plagued by injuries. So to see him dealing with a meniscus, that already sounds scary. So to see him even playing with it is amazing. Uh, the sad thing is I, I, I really picked Doc Rivers to take this team to the Eastern Conference Finals. I still have that, but it, it, I agree with you, I mean, they're only going to be as strong as Embiid. And if he's weak because of his injuries, Atlanta has an opportunity to make it. And just like the Clippers, then 76 will get a pass. Uh, there's two head coaches that take in the team, the Clippers as well as 76ers, to a certain point. But injuries may have impacted the success of that season. Um, I would like to see 76ers make it. I'd like to see Embiid have an opportunity at the Eastern Conference Finals. I did say it was going to be, I think, 76ers and the Nets at that, at that juncture. Um, but just to watch him hobble, it, it concerns me. Um, we already watched what happened with AD and injuries, and we talked about injuries in the beginning. So just to see uh, this can be a season-defining a, a season defining injury and can, a playoff-defining injury for Embiid. So, uh, but definitely props to the Hawks just from what they've been able to show. Yes. Trey Young is becoming that dude. He, he's, not, he's not the dude yet to be the one, but he is that dude where – I did not like Reggie Miller. Yes, he's from California. Yes, he's from my hometown. But that dude, because I was a diehard Knicks fan, uh, second to my Lakers, what he would do, and he'd love being a menace. He'd love being the enemy. And he has embraced <laughs> this. Where he's like, what now? And I love that. We, we don't have too many heels in this new NBA. Everyone wants to be Kumbaya and Banana Boats. He has embraced the being the heel, and I think that's great for our game. We don't 
have many villains. Absolutely. And oh my goodness, it's already that time. Um, we definitely could have gone on forever from this up into two, three or four parts, but there is more basketball to watch tonight. There will be more. We should know um, what these conference finals are looking like next week. We can get into some of this other stuff to talk about. Um, that is my final burn. See y'all next week. My final burn. I counted at least six coaching vacancies in the NBA. It's time to consider. No, it's time to hire a female coach. And they are qualified. They've been sitting on the bench for a couple of years, in particular, Becky Hammond. She's been on the Spurs bench. She actually coached a game when Popovich got kicked out. She is ready. And it's head, we were talking about some of my family members were talking about she may go to Portland and she may go somewhere else. She has been primed and ready for this position here in San Antonio. It's unfortunate, though, San Antonio doesn't have a lot of talent. And I would rather she goes to a place where she actually has a chance to win because being a female, she's already going to be talked about or marks against her. I would love that she wins at her first stop. But nonetheless, I'm sure she would take that job wherever it may be. It's time. Becky Hammond, Don Staley's, Teresa Witherspoons, or even some new blood, Chauncey Billups. And he, no, he's not female. But I'm tired of the recycled coaches in the NBA. Let's get some new people up in there. And I'm done. See you next week. I like that. I like that. Um, I believe that uh, the NBA will be the one to lead that charge. Um, they've done a lot with regards to diversity. So it would be great to watch them uh, do something right by, uh, by hiring a female head coach. Is this the year? When is the year? But I see between any of the leagues that they would be the first. And so there are some qualified uh, female uh, head coaches uh, potential out there. So it'd be great to watch. My final burn, you know, it's about the quality of play overall. Maybe because I, I had to date myself. I love 80s and 90s basketball. I love getting down in the paint. I love, you know, handling business. And then you got to dish it out and get the three. What I do not like what's happening in this, in this NBA right now is they are literally living and dying by the three. You can have a three or four or five minute stretch of no scoring. And that's boring. You just see people run up and down. They rush the shot clock, shoot a three-point brick. Go back down there, shoot another three-point brick. You keep doing that. Just push it down in the paint. Drive. Get the two points. Get the foul. Something different. That is that right now is starting to really irk me in the NBA. Let's continue to have a complete game. We know we have three-point specialists. They can do their job. But let's go to the inside out. And if the outside in is not working, go back in the inside. So I hope in the offseason, coaches start looking at ways to repackage what they're offering in the NBA. And I did see that they're making some adjustments with regards to uh, the foul shot, uh, uh, three-point shooting, and all the kinds of – that stuff, again, messes up my viewership. It messes up my enjoyment of the game. So that's my final burn. I hope that we work on the quality of play uh, and, and, and so we can continue to love this great game of basketball. Hey, it's been a fun ride today. I know we got so much to talk about. We still got some on the cutting room floor. It's been great. It's been great to see everybody today. Please hit us up. Hit us up on our Twitter. Hit us up on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you all. Tell us who you got for your picks. 
I know we got some of these things right. We got some of them wrong, but it's all about us rapping. Let's have fun with this. Holler at you guys next week. Love you all. Thanks to all our fans and good night.